0: Good morning, everyone. This is Travis Nixon, Tyler Tucci. Morning of June 28th. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about emerging markets, um, how we look at these markets going forward, where are the strengths, where are the weaknesses. We do have a really solid pick from this. So tune in uh, for the back half of the show. We're going to be talking in depth about that. But first, we've had three companies release their earnings after yesterday, our weekly earnings roundup. And we want to discuss some of the results so far from our earnings models and how we're doing uh, to date so um nike and jeffries came out yesterday after market and then tcom uh, released before market this morning no that was that was yesterday as, as well that was the third one. Oh, was that yesterday okay yeah all right great but we are seeing a lot of market movement this morning right yes oh significantly in tcom Yep. so let's jump into uh nike uh and just to remind everyone i'm going to pull up on the screen uh, what our call on Nike was?
1: So okay, yeah. So our our earnings—the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Nike. This is one we called, you know, kind of screws with some risks to lower. Um, you know, not much lower, but you know, it was something we said we didn't want to take a long earnings trade in, but also at the same time, you know, we weren't going to throw Nike out of a of a buy and hold portfolio just based on this earnings. And and I think we got that a bit, you know, pretty much right. Nike's down about three percent here pre market um you know uh, that that kind of concludes our, our earnings based view on it you know we uh will will potentially look to try to pick a bottom later or you know to call a turn and get out in front of you guys but you know at the moment we're we're just gonna leave that there um you know but it's it's nice to know that you know in this case that we were able to to kind of sniff out some some weakness all right yeah i want to talk a little bit about nike and our long-term view on
0: that because i think some interesting things are happening in the company uh good to touch base on it just while we have it in front of us on the screen but let's move forward to the rest of our earnings jeffries
1: so this one this one kind of hurts um we had a we had a pretty big um non-consensus forecast we had eps coming in almost double um what really happened is it just kind of came in you know just a little bit under uh i believe 45 cents a share the street expected 60. Um, revenue is pretty much in line. Um, and I think, you know, Travis, you were talking to me before about, you know, things that our model is learning as it as it pertains to, to bank earnings. Do you want to to kind of share share that? Yeah. So
0: like I was saying yesterday, uh, this is uh, Jeffries is releasing Q2 revenue. They're a little bit unique because their Q2 ends in May. So it sets us up to be able to see what the rest of this sector is going to look like going into Q2 earnings. Uh, so quite educational. Um, For me, as a data scientist, what I see is that this earnings came in at the 16th percentile. And so I'm always looking at this as percentiles, right? So there was an 84% chance that it would end up higher than it was according to our models. That means we need to do a little bit of model retweaking. This being the first of the season, it's really educating us as to how we're going to be looking at financial services going into the rest of Q2. So this is going to be a model improvement moment. Um, And I I think it's showing exactly what the bleed out from this first half of the stock market performance uh, is like for financial services companies. We saw their investment banking portfolios still do pretty well. It was really their asset management. So for all other companies with a significant asset management portion um, of their business, uh, the model is going to be doing some real serious rethinking going into Q2. So, yes, this is a miss, but also a great opportunity to catch it better on the next time. Uh, I know that I, I sunk a significant portion of my portfolio into this call, down 4%. Um, luckily, given the rest of Follico, uh predictions yesterday, I actually came out ahead of the market about half a percent yesterday, so not as bad as it could have been given the rest of uh, the portfolio, but this one stung. This one stung, Tyler.
1: And and yes, and for record keeping, um, you know, this isn't the most scientific way that I'm just going to take some pre-market level for the show, but we have to... You know, we we have to do it, you know, intellectually, honestly, somehow. So I see here on TradeView pre-market 27 bucks, you know, down that's down about, uh, you know, 3% from where we bought it. Um, So we're going to take the loss there on that. Um, As I mentioned, when we do these earnings trades, and this is something we are trying to tweak in terms of what the optimal holding period is. But we ultimately believe that our edge is over the specific earnings event. So, you know, in theory, you'd want to buy as close to that earnings event as possible, i.e., you know, five seconds before the close, before they report. But that's something, you know, we're, we're working on to, to try to optimize the path as well. But for record keeping, we will do our best to just look at the event itself, um, you know, even at the risk of using an imaginary price, you know, pre-market um, you know we'll, we'll we'll see where it opens and if it's significantly lower than that i will i will change the mark to keep it intellectually honest but you know in, in terms of, of benchmarking I, I think this is good enough
0: you know it's interesting tyler if you look at the jeffrey's uh stock price over the past week there was some market appreciation in the past few days
1: they took it to uh, 30 they took it to 30 yesterday yeah um, yeah which i thought was going to be some you know meant some good news for us but uh
0: well, I, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be better than it ended up being. Um, I, so we're, I mean, we're certainly not alone in the camp, but that doesn't matter. We got to be ahead of the camp. So yes. next time we will be better. Um, all right, let's move forward to TCOM.
1: So this one, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to raise our hands on because we had a great, great forecast and we didn't do anything for you. So TCOM's up about, I think, 14% here pre-market Um the market was looking for a a you know I believe it was negative twenty cents of EPS and we actually had a, a positive EPS here and it only came in at, at you know minus six cents so that's a that's a pretty decent beat and that's almost profitable like we were looking for um, you know we just didn't do a darn thing about it which is a shame because you know that's not up sub- significantly pre market on you know a uh, a closer path to to profitability this you know and this really comes back to
0: um there's the data science piece where you have your models making a call, making a prediction, but at the end of the day, that interpretation layer, that human element of people looking at data and making decisions after it, that's really what we're bringing to you with Folico Live. Uh, and this was one where, uh, gosh, I, I wish I had thrown this uh, and thrown my weight behind this model uh, prediction as well. Uh, this This was strong.
1: Because we talked about this too right how we how we actually saw a very high likelihood that it would be profitable because of you know you mentioned there's a high percent chance so we bungled this one we we apologize sincerely for that if you had our our data you would have seen it now traded us you know at, at least at least i hope
0: yep yep absolutely all right um so with that i do want to do a, a quick note to nike Uh, I've been looking at them a lot since their earnings release. I love what's going on there uh, in terms of going direct to consumer. Uh, So Nike's actually one pick out of this earnings call that I'm gonna be adding into my long-term portfolio. Uh, Just not not significant holdings, but just something to see their evolution as they transform to go direct to consumer. This is one company that I don't think has benefited tremendously from the online revolution. Uh, One of the strongest branding companies in the world. I mean, people, they'll, they'll make YouTube videos that's an ad and 50 million people will watch just that ad on YouTube. That's a brand with some extreme power and connection to their consumers, but they've always gone through that intermediary distribution network and now they're really transforming in a big way to go direct to consumers. I think that's an exciting movement. Hopefully they don't sacrifice some of their brand value and they can figure this out. So this comes down to the leadership capabilities of Nike. But I think that that's a strong leadership team currently. So I'm throwing in uh, in, a, in a good way for Nike mid and long term. All right, Tyler, uh, thoughts on Nike before we jump to, um, to uh, uh emerging markets?
1: I mean as as something of a sneakerhead I can never be too bearish Nike. I mean they they gave a, you know have given us some of the, the the best gym shoes of the last, you know, 1 2 and maybe 3 decades. So, you know, I that's that that that's a name that goes in there with the, you know, research and and own things you know. Um, hmm. you know, the level's starting to improve, so in a long-term portfolio, you know, something like that does make sense. Um, you know, per, personally I I'd, I'd, I'd probably prefer to wait a little more just, you know, given Folico's general market bearishness but yeah I mean that's 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 something that that has a home in in you know most portfolios you know, over the long term yep absolutely
0: all right so emerging markets Tyler, what's the thought here? so
1: the let's 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 check out my spreadsheet. so here are some names from. Uh, a smattering of of EM ETFs. So we have we have names that are in the EEM ETF, which is the the big basket, although it's mostly uh, Chinese names. Um, we have Taiwan Semiconductors, which is basically you know explanatory for the majority of the Ewy ETF, which is the, the South Korean ETF. We have ITAU, Vale, and Petrobras, which is um, both components. Uh, you know some component of the EEM and they're also large components of the ewz etf which is brazil and then we have two other high flyers here meli and globit and you know i i hate doing this um you know especially given how far these things are are off highs you know tyler the 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 you know the human trader looked at at four in the four and 12 weeks forecast and was like god just more all-out bearishness i mean Melly down another 25%, Baba down another 25%. And we actually, you know, believe it or not, we have actually some good reason to believe that that Baba's going to, uh, you know, have this weakness and Travis is going to show you in a second. But really it's uh, Long Brazil, Short China. Um, our favorite our favorite name in here is Petrobras. We think it could be, you know, as much as 33% higher over the, over the next 12 months. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. The other interesting thing is it's the only one that we see near term strength in too and uh, this is something i i you know touch on frequently or as frequently as i can when i'm looking in Felico, i like to see a path that's in agreement so i want to see you know all green forecasts or all red forecasts um, i don't want to put myself in a situation where you know necessarily i'm trying to be too fine and you know, be long for a day and short for a month. Um, you know, you can use that information to say the market's going to go up today, so we can use that strength to enter shorts. But um, you know, I don't like to day. You know, basically day trade. You know, off of off of this, I don't. I don't think that's the right way to think about. Um, you know, something that's mathematically based. If if you're mathematically based, you want as many cracks as possible because you think. You know, over as as you increase the sample size, you will be you will be uh, right more times. So we want to see a you know a, a larger sample size, I, I think, than just kind of trying to point and shoot at one. Yeah, well, Tyler. So
0: I I've been doing some deeper dives into emerging markets, and I got to be honest, uh, looking at a lot of these ETFs, there's a bit of confusion on my part. And you were talking. Uh, you were saying some interesting things about how to trade emerging markets that I, I think I'd love for our, for our viewers to know about because I'm looking at here's the iShares just emerging markets ETF right, uh, and I'm seeing great strength up till 2007 2008 and then, I mean mostly just flat since since 2007 right. Uh, if you got in in 2007, most of the time you'd be saying and, and for most markets um, that you've made some fantastic returns over the same period EEM just not thriving. We go to country by country and remember about a decade ago, everything was about BRICS, Brazil, (laughs) Russia, India, China, Korea, right? These were the five uh, countries that were emerging uh, and just most of the growth was expected to happen in these five companies. And it was attracting incredible amounts of investment. Um, And so Brazil being one of those, Uh, Again, 2007, it's actually been angling downward ever since 2010. Uh, We come over here to South Korea. Now, South Korea doing pretty good. And there's some fantastic brands coming out of South Korea, Samsung, Hyundai. Um, I love South Korean companies myself. But at the same time, it has been a rough show since really the beginning of 2021. They started their, uh, their slide down in this market earlier than the U.S. did. Um, come into Taiwan. TSMC really being a huge strength there. Uh, And then we have three ETFs just based on China. Uh, So there's the CNYA, the MCHI, and then the FXI. Now the CNYA is interesting because this is an ETF that uh, is made up of only companies that uh, foreigners typically don't have access to. So you would, you would ordinarily need to be an insider within China in order to hold a lot of these companies. Uh, but they've made an ETF so that you can still uh, gain some upside there from from those companies. Great, you know, pretty solid returns going into 2021, but they've really had their troubles uh, this year as well. So, Tyler, this, this looks like a bad deal to me. Uh, but it, from what you were saying yesterday... I'm not looking at it with all the details here. How do you think about emerging markets as a trader?
1: So emerging markets are, I mean, as as a you know somebody with a with a U.S. front end interest rate background, I kind of believe that EM is like the the last part of of the puzzle. So you have what the Fed's doing um, as it pertains to the dollar. Dollar dollar up traditionally has been bad for EM. Um, us rates up has been bad for em especially because emerging market companies generally have to borrow into dollars so they're losing on both sides of that trade their borrow is getting more expensive and the thing they're going to pay the loan back with is getting cheaper so that's that's kind of a double whammy um em has been a haven for for yield especially on the fx side so when you look at you know spot fx returns you're not understanding the full picture because if a if a currency carries at you know whatever four percent a quarter and we're only down two and a half percent a quarter The actually actually the performance is is net up when you're you know because of the you know the way the forward market is shaped um so all, all that to say is are,
0: going into emerging markets is this a hedge against a dollar fluctuating or getting weaker
1: i mean it's certainly it's certainly a dollar view. um to get long emerging market stocks you would have to be of the opinion that the dollar is at least done going much higher um you know it doesn't have to have to plunge lower per se but you know stability is is definitely something that's that's you know helpful and, and needed there generally speaking um so you know it's it's interesting because we do have you know some some pretty bullish forecasts in in brazil um you know and, and i was looking at the ewz etf and that's kind of coming into some some interesting levels um so if you wanted to instead of just buying PBR, which, you know, is, is the view here. We see PBR itself up 30%, um, you know, with some, with some decent longer term performance in volley. Um, If you kind of just wanted to take a, you know, a more stepped back approach, you'd buy uh, the EWZ ETF potentially um, where PBR and Vale are, uh, you know, big holdings. But the thing I will warn you is so is itaub which is a brazilian bank and we got a pretty nasty forecast there so you know i this is this is a call um you know it's it's not necessarily a call i i would trade or you know completely agree with um it would be interesting though because this says you know strength in brazilian commodities versus you know some weakness in brazilian banking um you know which would be kind of an interesting juxtaposition but, um, you know, there are multiple ways to do it. I'm a big believer in, you know, if you can trade specifically your view, you should do so. So if you can trade single name stocks, if you can, you know, take a view in PBR, I certainly would do it that way. Though.
0: Now, so I'm, I'm looking at uh, EWZ and what their breakdown and makeup is here. Vale making up almost a fifth Yeah. of, of what that is. And now, uh, Petro, Petrobras, it, I'm having a hard time getting a, a full understanding just from this view of how much of it is uh, PBR, just given that it's broken up here um, into the different kinds of shares. So it looks like there's four different kinds of holdings of, of PBR in, in each.
1: Um, so that's that's, that's, I mean, that's two plus um, the, the one in the middle is a bank, is another bank that we just don't have data for. Otherwise, we certainly would have showed it. Um, so yeah you 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 should you should sum those
0: um yeah but i mean it looks like ewz is really coming down to a select few tickers and be imbev coming out there yes uh,
1: and it's very important to know obviously but you know some people don't look at the holdings of the etf make sure you're long what you think you know long or short what you think you're long or short it's very important um you know i've you know, coming into this personally, I've, I've had story. you know, heard some stories where you think the view you have is not the view you have on. Um, and that, that just, that sticks sometimes, especially when you're right. And, and, you know, the trades you put on ends up going against you, even though you had a perfectly, you know, perfectly correct thesis. So that's, you know, something we're going to focus on is, is to make sure, you know, to talk about, the positives and benefits of different ways to gain exposure to these trades because i think it's very very important so rather than uh going into the etf
0: for me i'm seeing more strength than just being a picker here yes. and, and picking out pbr i'm i'm not myself i'm not big on on volley i actually made a good return on Vale about a month ago uh on just a short holding there
1: we have uh, we this- have Vale bottoming on june 17th so if if you like dates um we think we think the downside is exhausted um you know later later in july um and you can buy it you know later this summer for for a trade into or you know in, into the year into year end and we haven't
0: looked at the health score comps yet on vale um but uh it's in this view here out Interesting that the 10 week uh, is it you said the bottom out was when now?
1: Uh, Like July 17th or so, according to Felico data. Interesting. Okay. Show them, show them Baba because this is you showing me this gave me the confidence to come on here and, and you know, tell tell the people that we see Baba down another 25%. So I think this is very interesting.
0: This is a new, this is a new uh, look at, at the data here. And let me see if I can zoom in for everyone. So you can see this clear uh, and let's go picture in picture over here so that we can zoom in even more. There we go. All right. So we have eight different predictions for every company in our holding list. Right. And this is just a reminder of where our predictions are coming from. We take a whole bunch of open source information, which could include anything that you could see with a search on the internet right so anything anyone is saying in a formal or informal fashion be that social media news or everything like that and our models crunch this all together and then they make a baseline for how is this company performing compared to how this open source information baseline occurs all of these predictions are in folico so actually i'm gonna i'm gonna get that caption up and running right now subscribe to folico today you're able to see the whole coverage list not just the select few we pull out for folico live and so all these models i mean we missed tcom yesterday you wouldn't have missed it if you were subscribed to folico go cinerai.com s-y-n-e-r-a-i.com subscribe today uh and come out see see the numbers see how it plays form your own theories hypotheses and um get in baba so now what i've done here is i need these models to be able to speak the same language when you're looking at the 16-week model or the 12-week model oftentimes you're going to see really large numbers because if the model is forming a view 16 uh, 16 weeks later, that view is going to translate into something really big. And comparing that with the one day, well, the one day uh, is going to be obviously much smaller numbers. So directionality or conviction wise, it's hard to compare them apples to apples. So what I've done here is I've normalized it. Uh, And so now I would be able to come in and say this one day number here, translates pretty directly to the 16 week number here and so baba going all the way across we're seeing a pretty consistent red line across all the models the one week is actually positive so and and look at the one day look how negative that one day is so uh there is volatility in the near term that could produce a little bit of upside but baba has not finished its downward turn uh we're seeing a similar story with jd uh both being uh jd is china right
1: yes Big, so both to big, big Chinese, Chinese
0: tech, dealer. yep, uh, means that that we haven't seen the bottom out there. TSM is interesting; such uh, an important name in semis. Uh, I don't have to remind
1: that. you how we feel about semis in general. So <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> right, and and that continues that story. Um, Itub, uh, Itub is really a mixed bag. Uh, so you know, in that view, um, if you wanted to go into what was it, uh, E-W- Z. EWZ, EWZ, uh, Itub being a big part of that. Yeah, maybe there is some strength. Vale also a little bit of a mixed bag. Vale has been bouncing, bouncing everywhere. If you can get in at the right time with Vale and be in for a one week trade. Uh, again, I've, I've made some good green on that for my portfolio. But that's that's if if you get the timing right. And again, subscribe to Folico, get the timing right for yourself.
1: And that's also a ton of there's a ton of micro factors involved in, in Vale as well. Um, You know they had uh they had a an accident i believe it was one or two years ago that you know basically they were you know they're still trying to figure out who's culpable so there's a whole bunch of uh you know interplay between them and the brazilian government and you know Mm -hmm. what you can and cannot do so there's there's another piece to that that i actually think is important to have felico because it allows you to kind of you know felico picks these things up
0: yep uh pbr Let's take a look at Folico and what what um, what it's saying about PBR. Let's see, where do I have PBR pulled up? Okay. Let me get back here. So yeah, as you can see, I was taking a look at PBR. Um, what's fascinating about them is they have not enjoyed the outsized returns from the energy sector yet. I think that there's some latent value yet to be realized in, in this company right here. Look at these predictions and how much in line and how much consensus there is in our predictions for this uh, company. Um, when when I see, and, and just so you know, my personal trading strategy for the past week, I've been adapting a little bit uh, and I've been going more from, because I was really bullish on the one week and the one day numbers coming out. And so when there was a really positive one day or one week number, I would trade on that. And my returns were good, but I was really hoping for something a little bit more. So now I've been going full line consensus. Uh, where I, again, I can get down to the weightings, look at the 16 week and the one day, uh, together. And when all eight of my, I call them model counselors, uh, basically it's, it's my personal portfolio board of review. When all eight of them are saying, you need to go in on this. I've been going in yesterday. The market was a little bit down. I was up uh, on, well, except for Jeffrey's, uh, I was up, uh, about 6% on my other holdings. Uh, so this has been a really positive way for me to go look at their earnings power health score a lot of fantastic things coming out for them systemic dragging them down a little bit uh, on the health factors but also look at this long-term view i love this 10-week view look at this their earnings power leading the pack and then uh, management reputation and competition really healing along the path and we can come in and see exactly what's going on here this yahoo finance article I love seeing this kind of article coming from this company uh, where the CEO is telling he has no government guidance on pricing policy. And that's that's a little bit of the worry is how much is the government going to be involved in these emerging market names? We know that energy is strong. So why hasn't uh, PBR picked up a lot of the strength from that sector? Well, it probably has to do with some uh, external factors coming in and pressuring, not least of which being um, how the government is treating this company. Uh, but uh, given the strength here, given, um, that we're seeing just positive things across the board, I know I myself am going to be going pretty hard into PBR.
1: And we like to see, if you go back to Felico, I think this is kind of interesting. So what does it mean when all of these are crossing zero back to positive? Does that, I, you know, I, I, I want, I could explain it at 50%. I want, you know, you to give people the, the, the you know, you're the one who built this. So what does it mean to you when, when this, uh, you know, these three, so that's, sorry, I don't see so good management, competition. So they've all crossed zero from the bottom. So what does that mean to you?
0: Yep. There's actually a few different things going on. So there's three things in particular that I look for. I look at the current state. So is this number right here, all the way at the right, positive or negative? Right. We're seeing some green lights on the positivity, especially on earnings power. I look at the one week slope. That one week slope is very informative, especially for things like our earnings calls. Right. That one week slope will tell you whether or not there's a good shock happening in the market or some momentum behind them on a particular factor. Their one week slope is phenomenal here on on the earnings power. Uh, It's a mixed bag on the management. But uh, for competition and reputation, uh, we're seeing a positive one week slope. The third aspect that i look at is that 10-week slope so uh, a lot of times you'll see issues bubbling up on that 10-week factor basis where um maybe a little bit of a scandal is found out it doesn't seem like a big deal so it's not affecting the stock price but that scandal keeps with them it's it's sticking onto them instead of going away and that can be a tick just sucking blood from the company. And energy out of that stock price. So all three of these factors come into me and are very informative for me to start getting a gut feel for what I want to be doing with this company. These health factors um, are, are we're, we're, we, we do a lot of reviews and next week actually we're doing a special earn, um, health factor um, educational session. Fourth of July week is going to be our Folico uh, ed-, ed Week we're going to be talking about the market and stuff like that, but we want to really show how our numbers are made so bring you along with us, build that trust. Uh, and these health factors coming in, you start to form this gut reaction of saying there's a consensus happening here um, and um, that that's a, something I want to be a part of with PBR. Does that answer the question, Tyler?
1: Yeah, no, I just, you know, I think it's important for everyone to hear about, you know, you who built all this. How do you think about it? I mean, I, I have ways to think about this and we have, you know, collaborated ways to think about this, but I think it's important for, you know, you who built this to really explain, you know, and make it clear how you intended this to, you know, be thought about. I think it's helpful for people.
0: Well, and and I think that's some of the magic of of why I like our conversations so much is we just have entirely different worldviews coming in and talking about the same thing. I'm a data scientist. I look at the numbers. Uh, a lot of it is this case study format of what are the numbers telling me and how do I put a narrative on top of that? You are coming in with this really deep market understanding and knowledge. Uh, and when those two things meet, I think it just results in some really cool conversations. Um, All right. So, but Tyler, we do need to sign out for today. Um, We're at time. I think to bring it all home, emerging markets, I hear a lot of questions. Can emerging markets be a safe haven in today's volatile market, especially given recessions coming up? Uh, I think our numbers here are showing that's not necessarily the case, but there are pockets of strength. I agree with you. I like Brazil, especially as we're going through this today. I've been liking Brazil more and more. Even the companies that we're not bullish on, we're not particularly bearish on, uh, and that's cool. How the numbers are coming in on a pretty solid consensus together on that. Like all of our Brazilian stocks are are the least negative uh, out of all of that. Tyler, what do you think? Last thoughts?
1: No, I'm 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 with you. It's it's funny. A, uh, a mentor once told me that if you ever read a research piece that ends in a question, the answer is no. So, kind <laughs> of market bottom no not really um we think you know at at least 12 more weeks of downside for pretty much everyone you know that we we have a coverage on
0: yep and again these numbers can change any time uh right so these folico numbers update on a daily basis and so we'll update you as as often as we can if there's a sudden shock to the market or the dollar starts weakening a, a lot of this starts changing but in order to really be uh the most current possible subscribe to folico today uh thank you for joining us 20 25 minutes to market open i gotta go play some trades and we'll see you tomorrow 8 30 a.m bye